Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest, the one and only Jennifer with Diverse Fit out of Connecticut. Jen, what is going on today? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Excited to have you on. What's going on? Oh, it is a beautiful sunny day here in Connecticut, so it is a good day. We will take it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Look, we're excited to have you on. And before we dive in to the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Diversity Fit, you know, first, how, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place? Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, when I tell people, you know, about fitness in general, I kind of find out what they're looking to do. And um, so when I, I tell them I do functional fitness, sometimes they're not quite sure what that is. And then I basically talk about things such as a movement as, um, well, you open and shut your car door when you get up and down from a chair. And so I just basically try to break it down for them very simply. That's functional fitness, functional movements. And so how I got started in the business was, um, well, honestly, um, I had relocated out to Arizona and um, had recently um, um, started helping my father with the restaurant. And as much as I love my father, sometimes it's best not to work with your family. So I started doing my own thing and that's when I got certified to be a trainer. Um, and that's how I got into the fitness business. Um, but I had been active in sports and coaching since I was young. So um, it was kind of an easy transition for me. Well, that's how I got started in the fitness business. Awesome. Awesome. And so we'll start with the bare bones basics here. So how many members are you at currently? Currently? Or clients. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I mostly have clients, uh, individual clients. Right now, I mean, it fluctuates. I'm probably at about between 20 and 25. Um, again, depending on the season, depending on what's going on or who's having their house redone at the time <laughs> or who's on vacation, like anything else. Um, so yeah, you, that's a pretty good number for me between 20 to 25 clients. I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, and like any other business it ebbs and flows. And so, uh, you know, sometimes you get people that go on hiatus and they come back and in the meantime, you try to fill that slot with somebody else. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty consistent. Um, built up a nice little base of clients and, um, they're pretty loyal. So it's, it's very fortunate for that. And so for you, what's been the best method of being able to deliver your service? Is it going to be more through online remotely, whether you go to them, right? You're kind of just yes. driving to them. What's been best practice for you? Um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a people person. So I think still to this day in person training, I feel seems to be the most beneficial to the people that I work with. Um, and then I would say a number of them that I, do online training with like online programming and or virtual training with a lot of them we've met in person or I had them as clients prior to the to the pandemic and they become virtual clients either it's just been easier for them or they already had the equipment at home or um, whatever the case may be um, but I say most very few clients that I've had that are virtual or, or online programming clients were strictly that they usually had been an in-person client at some point in time yeah, and, and where do you do most of your in-person 
Uh, most of my tours, I have a, a fitness studio, a small fitness studio in the center of Wallingford, Connecticut. So I do a lot of my training there. And again, I usually take you know, one, two, I can take up to maybe like three or four clients at a time for a small group. Um, but I tend to do mostly individuals because just that's kind of how it works out. And if I do things, uh, a larger group will, you know, sometimes we'll use a park or someone's backyard, like a backyard boot camp type of thing. Um, and then sometimes I, I'll go to people's homes and I train them at their homes. Gotcha. And so now if I came in to, to work with the diversity and I'm like, hey, Jennifer, I'm ready to rock. Let's get started. What would I then have to pay to become an active client? Well, it depends on what they want to do. If they want to do, you know, one, two or three sessions a week, you know, or if they want to do um, a monthly uh, fee, something of that nature, I would say you would, most people will start off with, let's say like a basic 10 pack. So, uh, so an actual 10 pack of uh, 10 sessions, say about 30 minutes um, runs about 500 for uh 10, 30 minute sessions, approximately, give or take. I always have to look at my website. <laughs> They're yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, it's on the website. Hold on, let me check. <laughs> There's so many numbers, really you know, things have changed so many different times. And, uh, you know, always trying to give specials here and there when I can to people and, uh, you know, try to do promote some type of a, a promotion uh, once or twice a month or something like that. Yeah. For people, just to get them in the door. Like most people just look into everyone wants a deal. So if I can offer someone a deal and it gets them in the door and hopefully they can see the quality of, uh, of my work and what I can do for them, then, then they'll stay. So just getting yeah. them in the doors is, is, uh, I think is the hardest part. And for a lot of people, it's just, that's, that's, that step to get in the door for them. A lot of them is the hardest part is just yeah. making that initial, okay, I'm in the door now. I'm okay. You know, a lot of times yeah. clients, they come in, they're very anxious just to be in there because they're going to be working out in front of someone or they may not feel like their form is very good. So they're embarrassed, but I said, that's why you're here. So that's, that's the hardest part. I think. Very true. Yeah. And so it's kind of leads me to my next question here. For you, what's been what's been the best method of finding new clients? Um, honestly, word of mouth, um, and that that come that goes back all the way to my grandfather. He never advertised, never advertised. It was always through um, his work and the quality of his product and uh, word of mouth and the community that he built, and that would recommend him to other people. So I would say that is my best resource for, um, for uh, new clients would be word of mouth. Um, secondly, which I think a lot of us rely on is social media. Um, you know, as much as I, it's kind of like a love hate thing with social media. I think probably a lot of us, uh, it consumes so much of our time, but that is a, a way that a lot of people uh, find out about you and you're able to get yeah. your message across through social media. Um, and then also working with the professionals in your area. So it'd be chiropractors, um, physical therapists, uh, massage therapists, and creating a network of professionals that you can feel good about recommending people to, and they will feel good about recommending people to you as well, or referring people to you as well. So I think that's, yeah. another, that's another huge um, area that I've been able to um, kind of hone in on to get clients. Yeah. I love the versatility. I love the fact that you're open to both. And I think obviously there's so many avenues that you can go down, but the fact that it's not just 
hey, this and only this. You know, I think when you have that, that open-mindedness serves you well. And so, you know, you got to hustle, JJ. It's not a business you could sit back, right? You have <laughs> you gotta to. Hustle. You not, you gotta hustle. No one else is going to bring you there. So, <laughs> and, and let me ask you this. So if, hypothetically speaking, of course, let's say traffic, clients, leads were unlimited and you had endless amounts, hypothetically speaking, of course, how much can you handle? What would that max number look like for you? Well, what you can handle physically, but what you can handle mentally sometimes are two totally different things, right? Agreed. So you want to be able to give the most to your client. And um, if you're exhausted, um, they're going to see that and you're not going to be able to give them a good workout. You're not going to be able to give them a good session. So I think how many could I handle? Probably where I'm at now. I'm always, you know, saying, well, I could always add one or two, you know, here or there. But um, I don't want to have too many because I want to, I guess always, for me, it's always been uh, quality over quantity. Um, if I was in the business to make a lot of money, I probably wouldn't be in this business. So uh, some people can make really good money at it in this business, which is awesome. Um, that was never really my intent. Um, I do want to make money, of course. Obviously, we all want to make money doing this. But uh, for me, it's it's more. I mean, this is kind of the way that I can give back and still make money and still pay my bills and still put some money away for retirement. So um, I don't know if that answered the question. I kind of got a little bit off topic, maybe. But um, yeah, no, that's fine. Well, that's how fine. I can no, handle you... is is um, I guess it depends on on the people too. Some of them, as you know, for people that train clients individually, some of the clients can be a bit more draining than others and some of the people they come in and you're just it's just like you're like you're back like a like a friend that you knew from 20 years ago you know you could have just met them but you just kind of click so the sessions go by super quick so when you have people like that and honestly I feel very fortunate with the group that I have now of clients that you know we text back and forth they'll send me pictures from their vacation or they'll be like hey I'm going kayaking today or something like that so it's um it's still a professional relationship, but definitely along the lines of, you know, of mutual respect and friendship as well. So I feel very fortunate to have that with the people I do. And, and so, um, yeah, so honestly, it just depends on, on the clients and the kind of the group that you have at the time. Yeah. At least for me. Million percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so now talking about this, this is a little bit of a longer winded question, but Sure. Definitely beneficial question. So in, in, in business and in fitness and industry, the fitness and gym industry, especially there's three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, yep. your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Jennifer, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Well, I would say leads and honestly, um, I, through networking, through some of the professionals that I work with, um, I've met, um, I saw some of the stuff that she was doing on social media and I asked her, you know, Hey, great. How, how, you know, these posts have been great. And she said, Oh, it's not me. It's my social media marketing person. I said, Oh, I need her. <laughs> I said, cause this is exhausting. I can't keep tracks. So I said, I want to be able to do this. But you know, a lot of times it's financial. You can't afford to financially hire someone to help you do stuff. But if you don't hire someone to help you, you can't focus on your clients and your programming and having a life outside of your job. 
so I think it's finding someone that can help you with um, things that maybe this way you can spend time on other stuff. So I guess the leads with the social media for me, I know that there are certain times you have to post, there are certain days you have to post, there are certain contents you have to post, there are certain algorithms you have to follow so that people can find your posts. That's just exhausting to me. So um, I said, well, if I could find someone to do that, that would be great. And I'm lucky enough that I have found someone and she was very reasonable and I was able to put it in my budget. Um, so I'd say for that, with the question you asked, I'd say it was the leads other than obviously word of mouth, but the social media leads, I would say. So that's really been helpful for me. Um, and then sales, you know, if people, sometimes they have the money or they don't, you know, so you just have to say, well, do you want to spend money on yourself now or when you get older and you need to have, you know, more medications or more uh, physical ailments? So it's kind of, do you want to invest in yourself now while you can still enjoy life or do you want to wait till later when you, you know, you can't get up and down off a chair because you weren't physically active? Um, so I think it kind of sells itself in that way. Um, and then retention, honestly, it's just commu I, communication communication and I think you know too when you're with a client how dedicated they are is going to have to do a lot with their retention so if they're yeah. all in they're going to stay but if they're kind of wishy-washy where they're rescheduling every few weeks or something like that unless it's you know obviously doctor's appointments things like that um, other than that the, for the people that are serious and really want to get healthy the retention doesn't really seem to be an issue um, and the ones that don't stay usually the ones that um, sometimes, you know, sometimes family is just, you know, they're dealing with a couple kids so they can't stay. And, you know, you got to understand that that's, that's tough for them. Um, but retention wise, usually um, it's not usually too much of an issue. Once you get the people that are really dedicated, they, uh, they kind of stand for the long term. Yeah. hundred percent. And I agree. I think when you really do your due diligence to make sure that they're a good fit to work with you, Right. Stay, because um, you guys mesh that well. And so, last two questions for you, Jennifer. So, for you, what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish down the road? Um, ideally, I'd be able to take most of my clients online, uh, via virtually or through online programming. Um, I pride myself on being an educator in general. I mean, that's what I went to school for was education. So, when I work with clients, I really try to explain. Um, what muscle group they're working, why we're doing this particular, particular exercises, how this is going to help them in the long run. So that if they were to go on their own or to another gym or work with another trainer, they're at least going to have knowledge of, hey, we used to do this, or we used to do that, or okay, every time I get in and out of the car, I'm doing a squat, right? You basically have to squat down to get in and out of the car. So it's getting them to understand, and that was where the functional part comes in, it's like, oh, I'm starting the lawnmower. I'm rowing, you know, because you have to pull. If you had the pull start, now everyone's got to push start. <laughs> so, so that yeah. doesn't always uh, apply anymore. But <laughs> so um, I think that that uh, that's that's really helpful, being able to uh, educate people on why they're doing a particular movement so that uh, they can go on and do things on their own as well at some point in time. I mean, of course, you want to keep your clients, because especially if they're good clients and they're good paying clients. But um, 
if I, I feel most proud when they're able to go off on their own and continue with their fitness routine uh, without me or maybe just using me as a reference, because sometimes people just can't afford to, uh, you know, commit long term financially, which which I totally understand. So I feel like I'm doing them a disservice if, you know, even after a 10 pack, if they can't go off and do some type of a, a program without me, then I feel like I've done a disservice to them. So um, I really. Yeah. Yeah. really take the time to try to educate them on why we're doing things. And, and, you know, I'll tell them if, if there's something I can't do to help them, you know, I may recommend them to a chiropractor or a physical therapist and then have them. And they usually appreciate that. You know, I, I had a woman come in today. She's like, well, I have an issue with my knee. I have this, I have that. If she hadn't been to physical therapy in a while. I said, honestly, you may want to start with that before you start trying to come in and do leg presses and leg extensions I said, you may want to start with physical therapy or even something like personal training versus just coming in and using machines. So it's just finding out what the client needs and wants. And sometimes you're not the best fit for them, as you probably know. Sometimes there's a, another trainer that specializes in something, say, I have a, a buddy of mine in Arizona. He focuses on uh, knee re rehabilitation and he's been through it. So if someone's looking for someone that just wants to focus on knee rehabilitation, I recommend them to him. So, and then I have a friend that, you know, is into nutrition. So she's a certified nutritionist, dietitian, all that. Now we know, I, I, I know basic nutrition and things of that nature, but it's not what I specialize in. So if someone's looking for something that wants to do with nutrition or counting macros and really wants to get in depth on what types of food is best for them, I'll recommend them to to my friends. So really just trying to find out what's the best fit for the client. And I think they respect that. And they may not use me, but they may recommend me to someone else that's looking for a trainer that can help them. So. I love that. I love that. And last question for you, Jennifer. Now, if you can go back in time to when you first started and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear. My apologies for that. If you can go back in time and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really need to hear, what would that advice be for you? Oh, it's going to be a bumpy road, but hang in there. <laughs> yeah, just um, just stay the course. That would be my advice. Stay the course and just have confidence in yourself that you're doing the best that you can and you're in the right place at the right time when you need to be. And uh, surround myself with people that uh, will help me grow and um, be, be by my side through the whole journey. Um, and luckily I have had that because I think as most of us as, as gym owners or, or trainers have been through a pretty bumpy ride the last couple of years. And uh, you really have to love what you do in order to, to kind of hang out and keep doing this because it's been uh, pretty challenging with a lot of us having to either close studios or gyms and trying to reopen and switching from in-person to virtual and trying to adapt to all that. So, um, yeah, just basically my advice would have been just hang in there. It's going to be okay. I love it. I love it. Talk about a mic drop there, Jennifer. Um, <laughs> look, listen, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. Before we sign out, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, social media, anything you have. Sure. Where can people find out more about you and Diversifit? Sure. Um, it's uh, diversifit.com is my website. Pretty simple. Uh, email is diversifit at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook is, you know, facebook.com slash diversifit. Instagram.com slash diversifit underscore LLC. 
And then um, I have a LinkedIn one, but I can't remember. It's a really long one. I don't think they let you pick that one. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, Twitter, I just couldn't deal with Twitter. So I don't have that one. I think that's it. How many other things do we need? I forget. <laughs> uh, <so you> <laughs> I think that's <laughs> enough, right? And I guess apparently I'll be uh, super cool and I'll be on the Jim Lord's podcast list. So I guess you can find go. me on there. <laughs> there we go. Like We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in today, of course, to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't Thanks forget, for you me. want to be in the, yeah, by all means, appreciate I appreciate it. you being here. To everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us, our guest on the show today is Brett Scott. Two brands here, Barbell Therapy and Performance, as well as Architect Fitness. Brett, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I am. I'm excited to dig into this, and I got a little bit of a sneak peek of how things function under your roof before we dove into our conversation. But before we talk about the business side of things and how this flows, give our listeners some context here, Brett. These two brands, how do you describe this when you tell people about these businesses? What do you tell them for people to understand yeah, so I guess it's a bit complex of a, a situation to explain to people. So essentially, my goal and mission for the business is to help people become independent and self-empowered to live a life without limitation uh, from their goals of what they want to do. So, you know, we have the physical therapy brand, which is Barbell Therapy. We have the fitness brands. You know, they're all under one legal entity. We just found after a while that. Uh, I started just as barbell therapy and people got confused about like who I was and what I did. If I was some like guru, that was a weightlifting <laughs> coach, a powerlifting coach, uh, or I was, you know, some master massage therapist. It was like, okay. More misleading than anything in the end. Yeah. We have people coming in with two different problem sets and we have two different solution sets that do have a lot of overlap, but so we just separated them there. So, um, yeah, you know, from one standpoint, so on the rehab side, we have people that come in that's, uh, you know, we work a lot with athletes and active adults that uh, it's not the pain that stops them uh, or it's not the pain that gets them to come in. It's that they can't do something. It's the pain that's stopping them from doing what they want to do that finally brings them into us. So getting them back to strength training, their fitness routine, running, golfing, biking, uh, sometimes too, we get people that it's like, I just, I can't bend down and pick up my grandkid or whatever. And I want to be able to do that. So we have yep. that side and, and a lot of it 
is, you know, physical therapy, the way we do it is a bit different. So we are cash that we're direct versus cash based. So one uh, it's integrated locations. We have a treatment room where you step out of the treatment room and it's like, okay, sometimes we're going to be in here uh, and things, some joints to move better, but then it's like, all right, let's go look at your squat and see what's going on with that. That's bothering you. And let's try mm. to fix that. And then on the fitness side, yeah, we have um, a couple different options for people, but really we're look, working with athletes, active adults. Uh, I myself uh, have had a passion for weightlifting and powerlifting. So I've, I've competed nationally in the sport of Olympic weightlifting, which I refer to and most refer to as weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, so we have, a, Those uh, in the know at least. yeah, we have a, a significant population of people that do powerlifting or weightlifting. And then we have plenty of people that are just active adults want to value their health more, or they just do. And they want to, uh, keep moving well, keep doing what they're doing outside of the gym to stay healthy, to not, you know, incur with chronic diseases and things like that. Yeah. And so with these two brands sort of blending the border between rehab and training and, and making it all kind of one congruent process to get people to whatever they want to do, right? You mentioned that whatever the outcome goal is, we can reverse engineer back to today. Tell us a little bit about when this whole thing started, Brad. I'm always interested in origin stories, at least. Tell me, not necessarily about the day that we got the doors open, but tell me about the day that the idea popped into your head, I'm going to open up my own business. What was going on and how did this whole thing come to be? You know, that that's an interesting question. I've thought about that a lot because the idea started when I was in undergrad. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to be a PT yet. Um, but the, the idea was in my head when I was working in a one-on-one, -on -one, it was called fitness together. It's a one-on-one -on -one personal training studio and people would get hurt and we'd send them to the physical therapy clinic next door. And they were what I would consider a, a PT mill where it's profits over patients, just run them in and out. And I'd ask people about three weeks later, Hey, how's PT going? It's like, Oh, well, I stopped. I'm like, why? I'm like, well, they weren't spending any time with me and they were just giving me half the same exercises you did. And I can just do them here with you. Like, okay. Uh, and people would get better, but like, it would still be this nagging thing. And I started to realize like I had more time to spend with them and teach them and educate them about like what's going on and like how we can just as a coach, just stop harming this thing and, and stop doing dumb things and like just have a better exercise regime for it. Uh, they can get better much easier. And I went to PT school and, and I had been in a couple other mills. And I just realized with my strength and conditioning background that I had a unique skill set. And I had a professor that was like, hey, man, you have something different to offer to people. It's unique. You, you need to start yeah. a cash practice. And I was like, nah, that sounds like way too much work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah. And then I had actually gotten, uh, I was working in a corporate gym and uh, a bunch of us got laid off. And that day I got asked to go help move some equipment into this gym down the street from my house, talk to the owners. Like, let me start training some people did built a rapport up with the clients in, in that gym. Yeah. And then was like, you know what? I can start a practice. And I did. So yeah, we went from, I rented a sublease to 10 by 15 office for a while. And then um, 
So we started in 2018, 2019, an offer was made to me to buy a gym in Concord, New Hampshire. COVID happened. Uh, and I was looking to get out of the space I was in just because we were outgrowing that space. And then about five days apart from one, one another back in May of 21, I signed the documents to buy out Architect Fitness in Concord, New Hampshire. Five days later, I signed the lease to open a second Architect Fitness and Barbell <laughs> Therapy in Tingsboro, Massachusetts. So we went from renting space from somebody else small treatment room to suddenly i i own two i'm I'm overseeing two locations and i'm a much more involved business owner risk has gone up tremendously yeah you're still here you must have done something right in that time yeah we went from yeah we definitely went from uh pt and strength coach to uh business owner boss uh a lot of which i'm sure was uh a shocking experience for sure when you only have to worry about yourself and your own clients and then a week later we have payroll we have leases we have taxes we have all of these things accounting to to consider yep i'm sure it was a big big thing now uh in that time brett i think this is a useful perspective based question handful of years in four or five years of doing this What's been your favorite part about operating these two locations? And what's been the hardest thing about being a business owner for these two? I had this conversation with a a student of mine the other day that thinks he wants to own his own business. And for me, the the great thing, and so like I have probably a, a mild to moderate case of ADHD. And I get bored with like after I figure something out, it's like a toy, right? It's like I figure something out and I understand how it works. I don't see much fun in it anymore. So my version of happiness is is progress and growth. So for me, what's been challenging to me is also fun to me because every year in business, uh, as actually like Alex Hermosi will say, like there's seasons to what he's done. And there's definitely been seasons for me of, I started out, I was in a closet waiting for the phone to ring basically. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to be a better PT, a better coach. And I have to learn something about business. And then we got busy with that. And I was like, okay, now what? It's like, now I need to learn how to hire. Okay. Found someone. Now I need to learn how to be a boss, right. And direct or a manager and oversee one person to make sure they can help me mm-hmm. and, and teach them how to do things. So learning a little bit of delegation. And then it was on to like, yeah, now it's like, okay. Uh, I have to have a 30,000 foot view of this place at all times. Like what's going on in my second location? Um, are there problems arising there? Can I see these before they actually happen or blow up in my face? So it's just been a different role of, and it's a different set of stressors. Like for one, I had to make sure patients were getting better and I was delivering really good care. Now I need to make sure my staff is delivering really good care. There's enough money coming in to put food on their table. Um, and yeah, it's just more logistics and strategy now of like making sure everyone's on the same team, how to run meetings. You know, that's all, that's all new this past year to me. So every year, and then like next year will probably be way different too. So, yeah. uh, and it's skill sets to learn, right? It's, 
Yeah. Did we figure them all out on day one? Did you suddenly step into this role and all of a sudden you knew what you were supposed to be doing? Probably not. <laughs> it was a yeah. growing process. Yeah. If that was that easy, I think everybody would open up a business. But like we said, you're still here. So big picture items you must have at least gotten a grasp on pretty quick. Um, in terms of marketing this thing, this is a it's an interesting service blending physical therapy with training and, and fitness in general. In your time doing this so far, what's worked well for you and maybe what hasn't worked so well for you to try to get some people through the doors? You know, it's, it's something that we look at and reflect on all the time to just be better. And I would say on the physical therapy side of things, uh, we offer a very unique approach to PT that's very different and it's not what people typically think of when they they hear about PT. And there's a lot of people that shit on PT because there's a lot of not good PT out there. And so there's a lot of not good, a lot of things out there. PT yeah, just right. happens to get the rap on it. But. And it's like, you know, price is what you pay, value is what you get. But for us, we don't seem to have a problem getting people in for PT ever. Uh, at least if someone like really values the, the level of service that we can provide them. So we get a lot of people that like have failed PT, they failed chiropractic, they failed surgery, uh, they failed the injections, everything else. And they're at rock bottom. And we just do a really good job of getting to the bottom of what it actually is that go, that's going on instead of just treating a symptom. It's like, okay, yeah, you could have this. And yeah, you went to another PT and, and they treated you for hamstring pain, but like really this is a sciatic nerve, which is a completely different treatment approach. So pain is a pretty good motivator for people a lot of the time, physical or emotional, but it, it'll it, get, it'll get people moving at least. Yeah, it can be. And then, um, you know, on the gym side, you know, we've really done a good job. We haven't had any single person leave our gym with like a, a complaint about our gym and same on the PT side. Uh, you know, we do money back guarantees and everything to, to lessen that risk for people, but no one has ever taken me up on that, uh, which is a good thing for business. And, yeah, and you know, people will come and go from the gym side and, and for PT, like the goal is not purgatory to be there forever, but on the gym side, people will leave, they're moving, they're, you know, rerouting. There's always organic loss for sure. When, when people, your clientele is in their twenties, thirties, forties, like that seems to happen more often. That's just a part of life. So uh, on that, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing of, um, getting people through the doors, just like good word of mouth business of like what we can do and our uniqueness probably on the side of both brands of, you know, with the, yeah. with the architect fitness, like we're kind of in the middle of like, we're a hybrid of like an orange theory, a CrossFit and personal training all put together in one. Like we've taken certainly we, an interesting middle ground. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever spent many money in, in formal marketing in any yeah. sort of strategy? Yeah. So, uh, we're always doing that, but the the payoff has never been what it is for word of mouth organic stuff, right? Like, I see. Uh, uh, there's the eighty twenty rule there to marketing, and I still believe that's the case. But I'm not going to not spend money because there still is a return to be made there. Um, this year we just we had hired a new advertising agency to do some stuff, and it just did not pan out as well as we would have hoped it to. So. We just you'd be surprised how often I hear that on this show. It's yeah, it's so sad, really, because I think it puts a, a jaded sort of mindset toward the strategy in general. 
in fitness yeah. minds. Yeah. You know? And and a lot of people will say that. And I've learned over time from the start of, you know, you get what you pay for. Now I had a really, the first ads company I hired, they did a really good job of marketing themselves, but it was this like, <laughs> it just kind of pushed me around and, and yeah, told me like, this is normal and this is what to expect. And this is the quality of work I should get. And it was, it was garbage, but, um, you know, I learned there, there's a, there's always a better way to do things. And if things are out there making all this money, there's probably a reason like big people with a lot of money are doing them too. So I, yeah. I believe they work. It's just people, you can't just go throw an ad up and be like, yeah, it didn't yeah. work. It's like, well, did you, do you know, like how to write copy? Do you know yeah. what you mentioned? There's is? a lot of bad PTs out there. There's a lot of bad marketing agencies out there too. It doesn't mean that they're all bad, Yeah, uh, but it's, it's an interesting perspective on from our industry, at least like you said, and I, and I get it right. I think a lot of small businesses, they try to run their own ads. They don't have a huge budget to begin with. So any kind of money leaving their bank account is panic mode. And then when it doesn't come back in, yeah, that's not something we're going to try again. And it gets a bad rap unfairly, I think. Mm -hmm. It's it's an interesting strategy. You mentioned one thing that I wanted to call attention to. 80-20 rule. Is it producing? Sure. Are there other strategies that work? Definitely, right? It's not a one-size-fit-all thing. And everything contributes in some form. These people that come from word of mouth or referrals maybe they subconsciously saw an ad or a brand yeah. or something somewhere else along the line and it pushed them a little bit further. Everything contributes and marketing is more of a, a toolkit than one singular tool. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, it's, it, it can be really hard to grow a business like this when we pigeonhole ourselves into this is our marketing strategy and nothing else. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, we, we still spent, I just looked at our budget the other day, the end of the year planning stuff. And it's that time of year, my, my whole marketing budget was like a hundred thousand dollars this year. So like it, it's still, we still do it. Uh, yeah, and like you said, it sure. it's one of those things that as much as we can put metrics on, like, okay, who called and reported that they came from Google or yeah. who told There's us a lot of smoke and mirrors and moving parts. Yeah. Or, you know, they were referred by someone. It's like, well, were they referred by someone after having seen our ad 12 times? You can't put a number on that. So like, I, yeah. I do believe it's know. still, it's always we healthy to, to do marketing and, and more and more lately. Like, although I didn't see a direct return of people saying they came in from a Google ad or whatever, uh, there's been more and more times where people are saying they've heard my name. And I have a, a fairly well-known niche in our industry, like in the powerlifting and weightlifting communities around uh, mm -hmm. this neck of the woods. But it's still like, oh, like, yeah, I've heard of that gym or, oh, I know. Brad, but we're I know certainly pumping gym. funding in to accelerate that a little bit. Yeah. Too, so. And so it's like, okay, like maybe, maybe as much as I didn't see a return of it, like there's much more awareness this year that will be prosperous maybe. to us next year. Yeah. It all pans out in the end. Now, Brett, I'm interested in the sales process of this. And, and we get these leads wherever they come from, word of mouth, Google opt-in, Facebook opt-in, whatever it is. What happens from that moment to somebody eventually signing up? Walk me through what a typical sales process looks and feels like. On the 
on the, on the side? It's probably easier for people to wrap their brain around the fitness side of this because the, the, the PT side may be a little bit more complicated. Yeah, so uh, essentially what we do is we'll get them on the phone, see what they're looking for. We have a couple of different offers. So like we actually are using now some of like the gym launch stuff of like a six-week challenge type format that we just kind of recently introduced. But traditionally what we do is we always want to try to get this person in here. So we'll kind of screen them on the phone and be like, yes, you know, you sound like a candidate. Let's get you in. You, let's get you in here. Sit down and talk about what's going on. So they'll come in. They'll sit down with us, and they'll go through with my sales manager of like, okay, you know, the typical questions of where have you been? What have you tried? What are you struggling with? Why are you still struggling with that? Yada yada, the, the kind of the pain train type thing, and then we'll go have them do a, through a fitness assessment, and. Uh, so they'll actually be taken through that with a PT that is also a certified strength and conditioning specialist. And we'll get them all set uh, and squared away with, you know, understanding their goals, needs, injuries, any limitations, um, preferences, you know, how many days a week, how much time do you have, yada, yada. Yep. And then is all of this before money changes hands, Brett, or this is after somebody signed up? So that's actually one of the the new changes we have. Uh, that we're going through. So before we were taking through a, a consult and doing that, now we're doing kind of that six week challenge setup where we could set them up with, we'll do the talking. They decide this is a fit for them. They're going to actually commit to their health and wellness, and then they can do the fitness consults and the assessment after. Uh, mm -hmm. And they kind of put that money deposit down and get it. So they they're, get it. they're bought in at that point yeah. in some level, at least. Yeah, I was going to so say, because getting getting physical therapists involved in this and putting in the time and the effort of all of this, it costs the business. I mean, this is time. This is payroll. Yep. For you guys to collect before that happens makes far more sense to me, at least given the, the expertise of the people handling these things. Mm -hmm. And so then what happens from there? Yeah. So then if they decide this is for them, uh, we will go through. And so... What's nice now too, is we kind of have it set up. So uh, they get to meet a little bit of everyone in the gym. So they'll get to meet one of the physical therapists. They get to meet one of the coaches. And then uh, they'll have met Anthony, who's my general manager and sales manager. And from there, they also like, we're trying to get them, you know, there's the fitness side, which is great, but there's also the nutrition and accountability side, which we've really started to hone in on with people. So we're having them sit down with uh, Alyssa, who's a nutritionist with us, and she's going to kind of carve out some time with them to see where they're at nutrition-wise and game plan for them, <clears throat> what their diet strategy should start to look like. And depending on their goals and where they're at, there could be you know, very different strategies for some people. Of A lot of people might know how to track their macros already, and they just need to be put in a better set of actual proportions there. Uh, some people don't know that, you know, a piece of fruit is a carbohydrate. They think it's a fruit and there's some more education, just simple, simple things to get them started. And, uh, we set them up now with this app called EverFit, which if people were willing to do that, which is basically just an accountability, you know, training management app. So all their programming is yeah. on there. Um, their metrics are on there. We'll do weekly check-ins. The coaches can check in with them and communicate through them with them through that one platform. Uh, 
they can do all their daily meals and, and food journaling and stuff in there as well to really keep them engaged, especially up front so we can get those big wins. And Yeah, uh, so this is a much more 360-degree focus as opposed to just how do we get them moving a little bit. Yeah. I would imagine that, and you mentioned earlier, retention metrics on this so far are good, right? Not 100%. Nobody's got 100% retention. People move, people get jobs, people get sick, people get whatever. With all of that in mind, as you move forward here, Brett, what do you think is going to move the needle the most for you in terms of growing this thing? What are you focused on as the owner of this? Um, so now that we're doing this, and this is where we're still kind of game planning, putting the things together, but like showing, I think the biggest thing is showing that people are getting results with it. And now that we've, because for a majority of the time, we've been really focused on like the fitness and the training and and that's been a large part of our population. But for the people that really want to make a change and, uh, you know, lose weight, be more healthy, be more fit, you know, getting them to do all three components there truly are what they need to do. And I think for us, one of the, the weak points we had this year of just there was so much going on with me trying to scale all the stuff at once, too. We kind of missed the like results side and, and <laughs> for a little bit, like we weren't great with checking in on people, which having a system in place now where we're checking in with people like every Wednesday, if someone yeah. hasn't shown up to the gym by Wednesday afternoon, we're getting on the phone with them being like, Hey, where you at? Where you been? Is everything okay? Let's get you back in here today or tomorrow. So mm -hmm. that that's been big for retaining more members, but also, yeah. Taking to this this next level with the app, the the more touch points, more feedback, uh, should definitely help. Yeah. So tinkering with the service, and it sounds like the product is is mostly proven. We're just we're not wholesale changing anything. We're just kind of tinkering along the way, buttoning things up here, plugging holes here. As you big picture this in your mind, Brett, what's what's the future of all of this look like? Is it more locations is it bigger facilities is it exactly what we're doing now tell me a little bit about where you see this thing in the future well one thing i didn't mention is we actually have a third physical therapy location in new jersey as well so <laughs> so so we got so in the past year and, and that was new this year so um it we went from one little closet to two physical therapy clinics with two gyms attached to one another, but two separate locations there. And then a third location for PT. So it's been quite the year of scaling and uh, I'm about sick of scaling now. Like it, it was fun, <laughs> exciting and, and, and thrilling and, and oh, stressful. Yeah. But now is the time where I just want to settle down as a business owner, hone in more on what we're doing and doing it much better. Go back to the fundamentals, but like really make sure we're hitting each of those pillars yeah, yep. strategically efficiently and just revising our strategy as we kind of build into this because for both locations uh you know i think it seems like COVID has changed the landscape for a lot of gym owners and talking to a lot of gym owners like a lot of gyms are still doing fine but they're not back to their like pre-covid numbers and looking at my population too and or looking at all the people that do rehab with us a lot of people just work out at home now. They don't go to the gym anymore. They they built that, you know, 
shed or the, they put the squat rack up in their basement and they do that or they got a Peloton and that's good for them. And they got some dumbbells at home that the app takes them through. So, uh, but there's no reason we can't grow the gyms more than they are currently. So right now it's kind of, okay, we have all the manpower in place because for a long time, it was just me and my manager. We didn't have that. Like there's a lot of ideas brewing in my head, but it was like, we, we didn't have the manpower at the time of the day yeah. to do it. So now Brent it's really just like- is not able to oversee all of this. Yeah, so the, the past year has been like that awkward, like 16 year old teenage boy that's like super tall, big feet, like keeps tripping over him. Like we're gonna grow into those shoes now. And yeah. uh, and just- That's a really, really good analogy for this. Yeah, yeah we're gonna, we're just gonna scale the gym up with more members and things, but I wanna keep it simple with the offers we have for them. and. <laughs> and really just refine the processes from there. And there'll be changes along the way, I'm sure, but nothing yeah. that is super drastic. It's like, okay, let's settle in now. Growing pains and and challenges, probably good problems to have, but still problems nonetheless that, that need to be addressed along the line. Right, that's yeah. a fantastic place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. Uh, but I want to save at least a minute or two to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn more about this. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go to connect with the team? Yeah. So uh, as we were talking about marketing, we actually just fired everyone in our marketing like <laughs> agencies and everything. So uh, the website has been under construction. So it has been down from time to time. So if you can't find it, uh, you can go back and, and look again. So it's uh, you can find us for rehab type things. Uh, barbell therapy and performance.com sorry barbelltherapy.com has been pirated for about five grand and i'm not willing to, to spend uh, that money for the domain uh, and then you can find us at architectfitness.com which is a-r-k-i-t-e-c-t fitness.com and uh for our social medias probably the most popular one is instagram so uh at architect fitness ARK and then at barbell.therapy is our rehab site. Tremendous. Brett, this has been fun, man. I, I always appreciate business owners that are willing to to take a look at what they've done and, and identify things that have gone well and things that haven't. I appreciate your time. I'm excited to see what the future of this looks like because it sounds like you guys are are just getting the foundation underneath you and, and still have some cards to be played for the future. So that's all the time we have for today, but I appreciate you joining us and I wish you nothing but the best in the future. Thanks, man. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lawrence podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is the duo, the two, Alex and Nathan from Fully Charged Fitness out in Washington. What's going on, folks? How are you guys today? Hello. Doing well. Doing well. well. I appreciate you guys being here. Happy Thursday. (laughs) Um, Thursday. (laughs) Is it, right? I think it's Monday. I don't even know. (laughs) We're excited to have you guys on. And, and before we dive in to the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Fully Charged, you know, uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you guys get started in the first place? That's oh, our story. origin story is kind of, uh, kind of fun, actually. Um, so back in 2018, Nate here decided that he wanted to start a, a fitness apparel brand. Um, and so, you know, we were broke, broke. We had just gotten together. We were living in this teeny tiny little duplex and we bought all the equipment to put in our garage to start screen printing shirts. And, um, you know, we had kind of connected with a couple local business owners, uh, like a vape shop who was like, yeah, I I want some merch on my wall. Like, let me put some of your clothes on the wall. And then a local gym had, um, heard about us and he was like, well, yeah, fitness apparel makes sense. I want to put it on my wall. And then, you know, a few months into that relationship, um, Nate was super frustrated with the shirts. It's really hard to screen print shirts from. It's not fun. <laughs> it's, it's actually a, it's actually a nightmare. It's actually a nightmare. <laughs> it's it's not fun. It's it's actually I still have nightmares about it. Is one of the worst experiences <laughs> in my life, and I don't recommend it to anybody. If you are watching this and you want to start screen printing your own, don't hire a professional. It's not cool. It's not going to be good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so our merch was in a gym and, and eventually the, the guy that was managing the gym, he was kind of a younger kid and and he approached us and he was like, Hey, like, I want to buy this place. I want to be in charge of it, but I can't do it by myself. Would you two be interested? You know, so we shuffled stuff around and Nate's full-time job and, um, things with the, well, I don't know how, I don't know how into this we want to get but um the building that the gym was in was in receivership which is the equivalent of a commercial foreclosure um so you can't actually sell a business housed in a building that is in foreclosure so we decided the three of us our little trio we decided to leave and take the event that we owned and we found a new location rebranded that's when we became fully charged fitness and um you know We took a lot of our members with us because we spent a lot of time and energy building that gym up for the guy who, the guy that owned the gym actually owned the whole complex that the gym was in. Um, And and he was trying to sell us. He was, he was really trying to get, he was really trying to have us get him out of debt is what he really wanted to do because the guy was uh, just atrocious with money. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't want to do that. And I didn't honestly didn't really want to be associated with him because he had a bad reputation around him. This is a very small town, a very tight community and word gets around fast. Um, if you have a bad reputation, then, you know, nobody's going to want to do business with you here. And I'm, I am a little, you know, it's, it's crazy that he's gotten as far as he did, but I'm not going to talk about him. Um, we got on our own, we branched <laughs> out um, and we started our own thing and, and we, 
you know, our vision that we had for inclusiveness, uh, you know, uh, for you know, all types of, you know, fitness, because there's more than one way to skin a cat and everybody's into their own thing. And we have powerlifters here, bodybuilders, we have CrossFit, we have everything here under, under one roof and we all somehow make it work, you know, <laughs> and it's, I think it's a lot of it's because her and I spend so much time here getting to know people building relationships i think that people feel like they're a part of something special when they're here yeah i love that I, I love everything you just mentioned i mean i think at the end of the day you know when you can have that versatility with every background i mean you know just because someone's a bodybuilder or they're a crossfitter or they're whatever doesn't mean that they're not going to go to one gym in unison you know i think that's great when yeah. you have all backgrounds there that's awesome and, and so you know to dive a little bit deeper into uh, the gym here um how, how many members are you guys at currently uh, we're, we're what we typically kind of float somewhere between 550 and 600. We're a, we're a small gym though. It's like 5,200 square feet. And it's wow. kind of like, I think we're experiencing kind of like the goldfish effect, which is that you can only get as big as your environment. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've definitely outgrown our environment. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's actually, I mean, for being that size, of have that many members, it's pretty impressive. And, and so you know, I'll use myself as the avatar here. If I came in, I, I'm like Nathan, Alex, like, hey, I'll, I'm ready to go. I want to get started. You know, what would I have to pay to then become a member? 50 bucks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> All right, cool. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. I love yeah. that. I love that. We like to keep it super simple and straightforward. So there's a one-time joining fee. We don't do the annual fee thing. We've got a couple different membership options depending on, you know, what you want, what your level of commitment is. We offer, you know, the typical discounts to military, public service, students, et cetera. Because um, again, like Nate mentioned, like we're aware of community that we serve and the community that we serve, they, they don't just have money falling out of their buttholes. You know what I mean? So we try to marry Certainly. that. Butthole. Can it, yeah, can't, can, well, I, could, I guess I could have gotten worse with that language, right? Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you know, it's, it's really a mission for us to because because our goal as fitness professionals is to encourage as many people as possible to get active and healthy. And if cost is a barrier to that, then it's going to be a barrier. Right. Totally. Totally. I agree. I, I think that that's especially with the first that you guys do have. I'm sure you guys have probably people from as young as i mean i don't know if you guys accept high schoolers from there but yeah we try such a huge range at that point I mean, when you guys oh, are that yeah. affordable, you know um yeah. and i think that serves you guys well i, I can see um because i know off air nathan what you were mentioning prior about that you guys do have the options for the personal training and obviously that the 24 7 gym um but i can see where you know somebody may want just you know one avenue versus the other because it is like almost like it, it, i mean at least in my area too to hear it 50 bucks a month for a gym. I mean, it's like, whoa, like that's pretty cheap at this point, you know, with no annual fee, no sign up fee. I mean, come on. No, that's there's big. no, there's no cancellation fee either. I, I, the one thing I wanted to do because of the, the nightmare stories you hear about commercial gyms and I'm, I'm not going to like name them. Everybody knows what gym they are. Um, I'm not trying to like <laughs> run a smear campaign or anything, but like, if you think about like the gyms that make it a literal nightmare for you to leave, like, I don't, I'm not big enough to have a bad reputation. And, you know, we had a partner and we got a bad enough reputation from him, okay? So like people trying to cancel their membership and having to jump through hula hoops and, and 
you know, send in blood samples and certified letters. Like, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want you leaving this gym with a bad taste in your mouth because at the end of the day, if you can't make it, you can't make it. And if something comes up, it comes up. Or if you're not into it, you're not into it. But I don't want you to go around saying, well, that gym sucks. Like, uh, you can't get out of there. You can't leave. They won't let you do this. They won't let you do that. Again, I'm not, we're not purple. We're not, you know, we don't have that, <laughs> that, uh, that power to just hold you to it. And, and we can just, you know, brush off bad, bad reputation like that. We just can't do it. Um, sure. I think that we're still at a point now where we're trying the best we can to maintain a good relationship with the public. And, and I don't have the, I don't have the, uh, the, the luxury to just say, nope, you're stuck. You know, I need, I need these people to say good things about us. Cause around here, I think that more than anything, um, a good reputation goes further than anything else. And, and we have, a, I think that again, what sets us apart from these commercial gyms is that uh, Alex and I, we don't, we don't uh, employ our trainers. I mean, we, we interview them and we make sure they're certified and qualified, but at the end of the day, I don't want to take their money so they can afford to, to be a little bit more, uh, a little cheaper. I mean, I don't want to say cheap because cheap is a bad indication, but you're definitely going to get what you pay for. I mean, I make sure that the trainers are qualified and like, and I overlook everyone, but they are their own people. You know what I mean? And I don't take the lion's share of their earnings because I want them to be prosperous too. Cause you know, you understand what I'm saying? I think that there's enough money in fitness for everyone. And I don't like, I know that there's trainers that work for these commercial gyms that have to split their profits with the gym. And I don't, I just, I charge everybody rent, just like a barber shop. You get a flat rate. You want to work, you want to train here. How many clients you have? I'll take 10%. You take the rest. You know what I mean? Because again, I want these guys to succeed too, because the more clients they have, the more members and everything works like that. You know what I mean? And I think um, the benefit that we have is uh, our trainers are extremely qualified and, and we continue the training with the trainers. Like I invest a lot of my time in them as well. Um, just to make sure that we're all, you know, educated and we're all um, giving our customers the best we can. And I, I think that goes a long way too. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think uh, just to piggyback on everything you just mentioned, Nathan, I think um, a, a big thing that I think you pertain that often gym owners lack is just that that care. You know, you 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 care more than the next person. If for whether they're you know obviously they're not your employees, but for your trainers and for your your members, and I think that serves you well because at the end of the day, your reputation is built off you keeping your word essentially what you're saying what you do say doing and saying what you're going to do right uh and make sure those are aligned um so awesome stuff there nathan seriously i love the mentality for real i think um that's just great to hear you know from from in this industry especially still because a lot of people lack that they're so profit driven at this point um and so to maintain uh the conversation on clients here um, you know for you guys and in your area in washington um, or at least for your gym in general, what, what's been the best practice to finding new clients for you guys? Mm, word of mouth. We rely mouth. heavily on social media and word of mouth. It's, it's, they're definitely entwined. I can't tell you how many times I've got clients off of other people, other clients success. Um, I invest mm -hmm. a lot of care and patience into my clients so that they, I, I always say more than money, I want results because results generate money. Um, if I have a client that loses 60 pounds and it's, and, and it's happened, it's happened several times and they, uh, and their friends say, wow, you look great. What do you do? 
and then they give them my business card and my number, I've gotten hundreds of clients off that, um, that alone. And uh, I really, at this point, uh, again, because the community is so small, we don't really have to do much advertising. You know what I mean? The people do it for us. Um, and again, that comes from not just being here and being a gym with weights in it. I mean, like if, if you're a member and you say, Hey, I have a, a, a bodybuilding competition coming up. I'm there. If you have a powerlifting competition coming up, I'm there. If you have choir, a choir re a rehearsal, I'm there. If you invite <laughs> me, I'm going, you know what I mean? And that's the support that I give my, my, my people. And again, like, you know, and I think that, that a lot of that's reciprocated by loyalty. And oh, it comes, think, it comes back to us tenfold easily. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, <laughs> I love the choir, the choir rehearsal of that. But I mean, honestly, I think uh, just for what you actually do, the mile, the, the length that you go for the people who are associated with your gym, I mean, at the end of the day, the culture fit you create is genuinely created by you guys who own it and i can tell you there's a reason why you guys are at, at that big of a number um at, at a 5500 square feet you know gym because I, I mean that's that's awesome that's awesome seriously guys i can't even emphasize that enough and so you know and i'm kind of curious here too if you know let's say traffic was unlimited and you guys could have endless amounts of clients and leads and whatnot hypothetically speaking here how much higher can you guys go from 550 600 like what's the max i'm not sure that we it. could i think we're, yeah, pushing we're definitely it. pushing it because because i know that a lot of times in the fitness and the gym space a lot of the people that keep the lights on are the ones that come and walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes or that forget they're even paying their dues you know and that's that's not our membership base they come they use the facility um and so i think that if we we're we're actively seeking out a second location right now that's uh, about four times the size of our current location um you know and 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 i think that we could easily quadruple our membership base um of people who are actually using the facility um because that's that's what we want we didn't build it for the for the equipment to collect dust yeah no a hundred percent and i think that's such a side from you know those, those bigger corporate gyms right i mean you're you're not there to house we'll forget that they uh they have a membership or just for them to never see the gym again you know you want them to be active and i think i, I love that as far as, as a mentality and a viewpoint because you want people to use it and that, i'm telling you that's also a big reason as to why you guys probably compound on that word of mouth so heavily because there's some people who are coming they go why are you not at this gym yet you know um and i think that's awesome and so you know for you guys which I'm pretty sure it's, it's a pretty simple process, but kind of curious to see here too. What is that client journey like? Whether they go into group coaching one-on-one -on -one or whether it's they become just a member, I'm pretty sure it's a little different. But um, what does the initial like, hey, I'm interested in joining. I, 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 maybe I'm not ready to join just yet, but I'm interested. And then to then being onboarded, um, again, whether it's one-on-one -on -one in group coaching or, or you know, how would that be different from that and just becoming a regular member i mean obviously you probably give them a key card and they go in and whatnot but for one-on-one -on -one in group coaching what would that look like for you guys um usually there's a uh you know a sit-down process involved in that um my experience has been you know somebody reaches out on instagram or you know one of my clients says hey i told my friend they want to join the group and you know stuff like that and uh i'm 
I'm pretty good about uh, making sure everyone's comfortable with what I'm doing before I even start charging them. I don't, I'm not one of those people that are going to make you pay for something and then sign you up in a, for three months and you have to be here these days or, you know, no money back and stuff like that. I, again, I, I want you to want to be here. I don't want to trap you. So um, I think that uh, my style of training is not for everyone. I think that, I think I lose lose business on uh, <laughs> uh for the level of intensity that i apply to my training um i think a lot of people are are intimidated to approach me about that they think oh well i can't but i mean the people that that stick with me they get the best results and become accustomed to that style of training so so much so that my uh my turnover if i lose you and, you know, a lot of times you come back because <laughs> you're like, hey, it's not the same on my own. I can't push myself like you push me. And, you know what I mean? And I do it. I do it really. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very intense when it comes to that. Um, you know, I, I get people throwing up. I get people uh, tapping out. I get I get a lot of stuff, um, but I get results. Um, and if you're someone that can push through all that and you're definitely going to uh get the benefits i think that again like i've i've heard people say that they don't come here because they're intimidated um yeah because i, <laughs> I it, we've lost business like that like hey yeah it's i'm, I'm scared to be there <laughs> because again like everybody everybody feels like they should be somewhere before they i've heard people say that too like i would get a membership there but i need to get in shape first it's like why <laughs> Why? Well, I saw what you do to those girls on the on on Instagram. Like, I could never do that. I was like, Have you tried? Oh, God. You know? Wow. Well, and I and I think the other thing too is that we're both bodybuilder competitors ourselves, so we kind of yeah. draw draw that crowd, you know. And so so they see our pictures on on Instagram or whatever of us when we're you know stage ready, we're in prep mode, whatever, and they think, Oh my God, I'm not like that. I can't do that. I don't want to. I'm I'm not right for that environment. <laughs> <laughs> but again, yeah, our whole goal see. with our facility is to create a, um, a an environment of inclusivity. So I don't really care what level you're at. You're welcome at my facility. As you can see, we, we carry our trophies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's all Prominently awesome. displayed, yeah. What we'll league do you guys compete in? I am a figure competitor. Uh, I do. NPC error. Okay, sorry. Yeah, NPC, NPC, yeah. Awesome, guys. For now. Yeah. I competed back in uh, 2016, 2017, and I'm thinking about getting back on stage. I love oh, it. Do it, nothing nothing, like, do nothing it. Like, What's stopping you? There's nothing, nothing like it. Literally nothing. The thing I tell people about bodybuilding, because I get a lot of people with questions about competing because of, of how often Alex and I compete. And, and, you know, we try to document most of our transformation because I get pretty heavy and I'm, I'm sitting at about 295 right now. Um, and I get, pretty, <laughs> I get heavy. Like I'm, I, I get pretty heavy and, um, and to watch me cut down to like 230, 240 is, is, is pretty remarkable. And, and I get questions all the time about people. Hey, I, how do I get involved in how, I mean, I would do it, but I, it, I was like, it's something that you have to be, like you just said, there's nothing stopping you, but if your heart is not 100% in it, if you can't yeah. focus on that and put yourself in like a box, then it's, it's just not going to happen. And that's okay. That's yeah, perfectly yeah. okay. 
you don't have to compete. There's this the thing. If you want to, you have to be in it. But if you don't want to, if you're hesitant, then don't do it. I tell people all the time, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. It's so heavily mental. I mean, like it's, it's such a mental game because mm-hmm. be able to even move like a regular person on a day-to-day when competing is impressive. Cause I mean, you know, when you get towards peak week and whatnot, you're like, and like no carbs or such low carbs. Yeah. yeah. I'll just go yeah. Like just literally dying or borderline, like not even alive. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> it, it's, it's really a mental, like, you know, it's a nah. super impressive. You guys are doing all of that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, so, I mean, but before I you, I mean, I have to ask you 290. Are you like six foot five or something? You have to no, I'm six, six one. I'm six. Okay. One. No, yeah, yeah. Man, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Three hundred pounds is still a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm not one of those like guys that'll uh, like say, hey, "I weigh three hundred pounds," but I I put it on the online. I, I'll say, "You want to see? I stand on the scale." Because I get I get a lot of that on TikTok when I say like do a little physique update. I was like, "Oh, I hit two ninety today," or I "Hit two ninety five. and people will be like, "You don't look like it." And then I'll be like, "All right, and I'll take a video of me standing <laughs> on the scale." Like here I am, you know. Jesus but. Uh, it's yeah. uh it's not it's not something i love i don't like being this heavy i can't wait to start prepping again we start prepping next week for some fall yeah. shows and i'm really chomping at the bit because like i mean i can't even hardly put my shoes on you know my daughter wants me to go <laughs> jump on the trampoline with her i can't i can't get up there and when i do get up there I'm, i just weigh the whole damn thing down anyways no one's having any fun you know <laughs> But I love it. I love it. I love the honesty here, man. It's awesome stuff. And so, you know, to continue here, um, I guess this question, it's a little longer. So if you need me to repeat anything here, by all means, just let me know. But it's a great question to kind of self-reflect and, and you know, kind of almost interview yourselves. And I'm kind of curious to see where both your opinions are. Maybe they're aligned or maybe they're not. So I want to see where you guys are. So, you know, in, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we typically use. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Of those three, where do you folks feel like you could improve the most? Marketing, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that, I think uh, so. We've got really great retention rates, really great yeah. retention rates. Especially with clients. You know, I've, I have clients that I've been training for literally years. Well, and, and my trainers have clients that they've been training for years. So it's like the retention rates there. And again, retention rate is more important than, to me than actually getting new clients. I want, again, I'm results driven. We're results driven. We like results and you just can't get them if you're only going to be here for a month or two, you know, it's just not practical. So I think that um, the facility itself could probably use, you know, some help in the marketing department, but at the same time, I think her and I are a little bit hesitant because we have kind of reached that limit, you know, where it's just like, I don't know where to put you anymore, you know? Uh. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, well, number one, let me just say, I appreciate the honesty and transparency there too, because I think oftentimes people will come on air and they, uh, they want to sound like they have everything correct. Right. But when you can put that aside and go, Hey, like we can improve here. I appreciate it. And I think the viewers appreciate it as well. Cause to the viewers, you guys are, super, super successful. And to me, you guys are very successful, but the fact that you guys know there's always room to improve and can say that, I appreciate it. Um, and so my last two questions here, my favorite questions, you know, I know you guys touched on it a little bit on what the future is going to be short-term because I think you guys are going to get that second location pretty soon, but what's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal? What are you guys trying to accomplish in the long-term? 
Well, I think that so so kind of when we've talked about and really the whole concept behind being fully charged is that we had this vision of not just having a facility that people come and use, not just having personal training clients, but really bringing fitness culture back to our town. And so I think that's part of our you know, our, our not so tangible goals and tangibly speaking, um, again, going back to being fully charged, we had this vision of having apparel and supplements, which we do carry on a, on a small scale. Um, but just kind of being a one-stop shop for all things, fitness culture, you know? Yeah. Nathan, for you, brother. I want, I want that as well. I want to be able to, uh, brand it and have people, I, I want to be like a, uh, sort of like a zoo culture, like a destination for people. Um, mm, but that yeah. takes, that takes, I mean, it takes years of uh, work and, and, and again, re reputation. Um, and I, but I think that we're on a path, I should say, to, to achieve that. And I know that we're not in Los Angeles or anything like that. You know, we're in, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest. Um, but I think that we can definitely uh, be a destination uh, for people, um, especially with Alex's, um, you know, uh, social media, uh, uh, you know, fame that she's acquiring. Um, I think that, uh, I, I'm, and I'm serious, like, she's got like diehard, diehard fans. <laughs> they, 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 they buy our merchandise online and they, they, they'll never come to this gym. You know, we sell, we sell, we sell <laughs> merchandise to people off TikTok for our gym that they'll never go to. And I, and I never even like advertise it as like, Hey, I'm making this available for you guys. Like, this is my, my merch as somebody on TikTok. It was just, I made a video about, Oh, it's a rest day. And this is what I'm doing with my time. We just got this merchandise in and, and suddenly my comments were flooded with people. How can I buy one? Where can I buy one? Can you send me one? Can I buy one in the mail? Right. So it, so it's kind of cool. We've got people repping our gym on the East coast down South in the Midwest. It's, it's awesome. 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 I mean, look, uh, I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Nathan, you're over here being 295 plus and you're not famous on TikTok either, man. The thing about TikTok uh, <laughs> for me is I consume a lot of uh, bodybuilding. Like, you know, I consume a lot of media for bodybuilding. Uh, and, and to me, TikTok is an outlet for me to be creative and silly. Um, I, I make, <laughs> I'm a dumbass, you know, <laughs> I, I make silly, goofy videos because if I were to get stuck in a bodybuilding, like this is what I do, this is all I'm about. I would feel, I'd get bored with it. I've got severe ADD, man. And I would get bored and it wouldn't be fun for me anymore. And I think that um, right now it's just fun for me. I do, I just do whatever, whatever the hell I want. Um, I'll leave all that to her. <laughs> I have no interest in that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome stuff. Though. I mean, and regardless, I think the fact that you guys are, are both doing, I think you guys are both kill it regardless of if it's being funny or not. I think, uh, I mean, seriously, you guys are great people, great charisma. I mean, you guys are awesome at what you're doing in the back end. Too, Thank you. Fitness. So, I mean, seriously, really looking forward to seeing what you guys can accomplish. But one more question. I know not closing out just yet. Um, you know, and this is my favorite question to ask and it's, it's a good one. And I think uh, kind of curious to see where, where both you guys stand on this too, because it's definitely going to be totally two different. I mean, unless you guys walk through it the same way the entire time, but we'll see. Um, you know, if, if you guys can go back in time to when you guys first started fully charged and, and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you needed to hear back then that you obviously didn't get to hear, what would that advice be for you guys? 
I would say, I would tell myself to, to focus on coaching uh, and stop, stop worrying about uh, memberships and focus on coaching. I would have started doing that a lot earlier. Um, it, for me, we were trying desperately to find our, I guess, our, our piece of it. Um, and it wasn't until I started coaching uh, you know, clients and, and becoming a nutritionist and stuff like that. It wasn't until I did that to where we finally started to find our path. Um, uh, I became, I became, you know, self-sufficient, uh, financially through my coaching. And, and that took a lot of the burden off of the membership, uh, uh revenue that we got, um, to sustain any sort of lifestyle. Like I have a house, I have kids, you know, they need stuff. We all got to eat, you know, um, but it wasn't until I found coaching um, that I we became, you know, successful there. So I would I would uh, tell myself to start ASAP. <laughs> Learn all you can, get certified, get it all taken care of now, instead of waiting. Awesome, Alex, for you. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like you hear it all the time whenever you're starting a small business, talking to small business owners, whatever. But don't have a business partner. <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. 100%. is that it that's, all. that's it that's it you hear it all the time and and listen i'm kind of hard-headed sometimes i just have to learn lessons for myself but yeah that's my advice to lesson learned <laughs> yeah um i get asked that question all the time on on tiktok of course um you know what do i need to know if i'm going to open a gym well like nate said your personal finances need to come from your personal training and the gym finances need to stay in the gym especially if you want to do any kind of like equipment maintenance and upgrades and stuff like keep those two finances separate uh but also don't have a business partner <laughs> do it yourself that's it, that's it. And, you, and you can do it you can do it yourself you just gotta yeah. you just gotta pay attention and keep going look right, guys mm -hmm. talk about a mic drop okay, okay. <laughs> i think that's a good place to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out folks you know please um i, I it's my pleasure if, if you could you know shout out your instagram facebook tiktok website whatever you guys have where can we find out more about fully charged you guys as people anything what do you guys have well, all of our gym socials are connected to fullychargedfitness.net. Um, you can find me on TikTok at just another fit chick. Nathan, for you? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, meathead-extraordinaire. You can find me on Instagram and also TikTok. I have the same name on TikTok. So if you find me on TikTok, hit the link, follow me on Instagram. I definitely will. I definitely will. I will see you on there. <laughs> look, we absolutely right, appreciate both your time here today. Um, and, and we're honestly, Jimmy, look, look forward to seeing what you can accomplish on the road. And I think you guys are going to be super, super successful regardless. Um, and, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.